Hello, welcome to GovGeeks Assemble. On this show, we are going to be talking about why people hire people and not resumes, and three strategies to help you with your career growth. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to GovGeeks Assemble, Level Up Your 9 to 5 on 95. I am Javier Lopez. I'm half of the GovGeeks. Unfortunately, my better half, Karen the wonderful Lopez, the chic GovGeek, our executive director, is on travel. So she is uh, a little far away right now. She is enjoying herself in New York City. Uh, doing some good work for the American people. Um, I know she's having a large impact over there. Of course, we certainly miss her. Uh, we look forward to having her back here again next Thursday. But in the meantime, guys, you're just going to have to deal with me for the time being. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, so before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about our 14-day GovGeek Challenge. This is a fantastic opportunity. Just come out to our website, thegovgeeks.com. The GovGeek Challenge is all about helping you to develop a solid resume and have great interview strategies prepared, and not to mention a great career strategy as well, all within 14 days. Uh, please come on out and register. This is actually awesome because uh, we've received a couple of registrations so far and there's only a couple of seats that are left, but we really want to make sure that this is available for everyone. So anyhow, uh, getting to the topic of today's show, uh, we're talking a little bit about why people hire people and not resumes. This was a very strange concept for me earlier on in my career because uh, I was always thinking to myself, you know, the resume has to be fantastic. This is going to be the one thing, the one reason why people decide to hire me. And so I spent a lot of time and effort just developing the right type of resume, not really understanding that at the end of the day, we're people, <laughs> we're human beings. And this is all about relationships. So as great as a resume can be, it is not the end all be all for individuals to get in and in government. And in fact, if you might think to yourself, well, how many people have I seen in different jobs or positions or getting to different promotions or levels within government who weren't necessarily the most qualified person? It happens sometimes. And a lot of times it's not just based on that person being super qualified or the most qualified technically but also it's about how they have a relationship with the work that is going on, a good understanding of the organization, and a good established level of trust with the organization and the hiring managers as well. Uh, so sometimes people feel, you know, it has to be based entirely upon technical competencies and skills. Well, having the ability to really excel in the job is really what it's all about. So uh, in government, when you're developing partnerships, uh, you have the opportunity to grow with them um, and you need to make sure that you're establishing yourself well enough. So it's important that we establish good relationships with everyone along the way. Again, because it's about that connection that the individual has. So 
If a hiring manager is deciding between two fairly qualified people, they know they can both do the job. The bigger question is, which one do they trust? Which one do they know that they can work well with? Which is the person that's going to work well with others and with the team as well? That's the bigger message about why people hire people and not resumes. It's not just about how fabulous your resume is. You could have tons of credentials, including degrees, certifications, years of experience, all of that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, you really want to go with someone that you trust. Think about organizations like at the corporate level. If you are a consumer of goods and services, there is this larger thing about brand loyalty. You want to go with things that you feel comfortable with, things that you know are going to work, things that you can trust. Uh, and those are the areas that you really dedicate yourself to. Uh, I mean, I got an email not too long ago from uh, our bank that we have um, that Karen and I have used now for 20 years. I mean, that's a long time and we've reviewed different uh, areas, different opportunities and everything, but it's all about which are the ones that we have a good trusting relationship with. So that's the big premise that we want to approach today's show with. Now to get into the meat of exactly what this means, how do we show that we are able to develop these trusting relationships or that we have the credit worthiness for the trust? So we're gonna talk now about three strategies to help you with your career growth. Okay, so tip number one or strategy number one is to focus your resume on the value for people. Um, so a lot of times when we have the chance to work with clients and we're reviewing resumes, the resumes read a whole lot like the job description. So it basically just states that an individual processes widgets, does a certain type of an activity, but that really doesn't get to the heart of how or why a person could be trusted to be selected for the position. It just says that they did whatever that job was. Well, and that's nice and it helps demonstrate the type of work that you've had exposure to and the experiences that you've had. But really at the end of the day, it comes down to one individual that is going to take that one open position. So if you have two fairly equal candidates, one of them is going to be the one that shines if they are able to demonstrate that they show trust, that there's this degree of empathy perhaps that they have and how they can work with the individual hiring managers. So in the discussions that we have in our one-on-one -on -one conversations and our presentations that we give, we really try to help make sure that this comes out. So to talk a little bit more about what it means to focus your resume on the value that you're offering for people, you need to make sure that you are structuring your resume descriptions in a way that shows what that value is. So here's a great example. You could say, for instance, uh, that you, again, process widgets, whatever the, the widget is. It, it could be you are uh, in manufacturing or you are working on uh, press releases, whatever the activity is. Rather than just stating what the activity is, try to delve into it a little bit more. For instance, you could describe it by quantifying and qualifying the work that you've done and then demonstrating impact that you've had on the organization. So, for instance, instead of manufacture widgets okay well how many did you manufacture under what time uh what was the customer service rating what was the impact that you had on the organization such as 
um, did this improve profitability, improve sales, did this have a big influence or an impact on the organization's well-being, uh, did this drive uh, a much needed change to the organization. So another way that you could phrase this would be uh, processed 30 widgets within 15 minutes to drive sales up 400% for the organization to meet end quarter goals. In that second statement, what we're seeing is a little bit more. It's not just that the activity was done, but that it was done well enough within a certain time period and it actually had the impact on the organization. That's the value piece that's there. When a person is reading that, it's easier for them to kind of place themselves into what your experiences are in a way that helps them see, yeah, I, I think that this person could certainly demonstrate that they can do the work of the organization that they're looking for. The other thing also is to really keep in mind that your resume needs to be written for the position that you are going for, not the position that you have right now. So if you are, say, a GS5, and you're wanting to apply for a position at a GS7 level, the work that you're describing should be able to demonstrate that you have experience and understand how to do work at that next level. So in a lot of the presentations that we give, this is a larger concept that we talked about because people have the opportunity as they're writing the resume to consider if they are going to be forward focused or if they're going to be past focused. Now, let me explain that a little bit. Forward focus is to show that you can do the work that the position is looking uh, to be filled for. Um, so again, if you're a five, you wanna describe the work that you've done at that GS7 level. You have those sort of competencies to perform at that level. Not the work that you had done previously because they again wanna know that there's value there for the individual that is considering the, the individuals to hire, the hiring manager, the selecting official. They wanna know that there's a sense of comfort that the person that they choose can do the work at that level. The next thing is to really make sure that you are describing the relationships well enough so that there is a good connection that's there. It, it's not just that you are processing things, but think about it from a human perspective which brings up our second strategy here as well, to make sure that you humanize your qualifications. It's not just the fact that you're able to do the work, but you are able to do the work well enough with others as well. So think about some action verbs that really describe this. Are you cooperating? Are you coordinating? Are you managing? Are you directing? Are you establishing relationships? I mean, how are you using what you have available to you in order to do that type of work? When you humanize what your qualifications are, there's a better sense of, yeah, you know, I understand not only what the work is, but how the individual goes about getting all of this work done. And think about it for a second. If you have the opportunity to work with someone that you actually can get along with, and that you know aren't going to cause a whole lot of issues or problems or concerns with whomever else that is being selected or, or hired or is working there in the organization, you're definitely going to want to have a good relationship. And I, I love this picture, by the way, because this was just, you know, we had an opportunity when we were at AwesomeCon here in D.C. and I met Ron Burgundy, or a person that was dressed up as Ron Burgundy, which he did a great job with this cosplay. 
of just like humanizing this this relationship uh, that's there. So it's not just about what is the person doing, but how is it the person connects well enough with others to get all of this done. Uh, so he could have just dressed up and you know, walked around not caring or isolating himself from everyone else. But it was all about how is it that he's engaging with others to really make the most of the experience? How is it that there was enough of a partnership that was there? Similarly, in this picture, I, I, I love this one a whole lot too, uh, where we had the chance to meet a couple of people that were doing some cosplays like Indiana Jones. <laughs> so yeah, we have you know just uh, the different uh, ages and layers of uh, Indiana Jones, both uh, both Doctor Joneses, father and son, and uh, Doctor Jones when he was a Boy Scout, and later on he was an already established archaeologist. But the bigger point that I'm trying to get across here is that when you humanize your contacts, when you humanize your relationships, it shows that you're a person that really works well with others. So as you're writing your descriptions and you're thinking about the work activities that you've done, try to consider from the other person's perspective what this looks like. Now, I, I know you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, I only have one page to work with. And how is it that I'm going to talk about all of this stuff in one page? Well, in government resumes, the average length of the resume should be anywhere between three to five pages. Now, in the private sector, when you are looking at resumes, you could hire a person one day and unfortunately fire the person the next day. I mean, it's just that quick. So the decision process can be that fast. If they hire a person, they try them out, if everything works, life is good. And if everything doesn't work, well, they have other options and they can hire on another person fairly quickly as well. The process, as you might realize, in government takes a whole lot longer. So getting the position announced, having the interviews done, having the chance to really work well enough with people, it takes a long time. So as interviewers are interviewing the candidate, they need as much information as possible to help them understand that that person is going to be the right fit, that there's going to be a good connection there with them as well all very important things but this brings up the next important area so we talked first that it's important that you are quantifying and qualifying your your resume a little bit more in order to demonstrate the value the impact that you have on the organization the value that's there for the people you're humanizing uh your your writings and your work to make sure that you are establishing that connection or demonstrating that you can work well enough with people and that brings up the most important one, and actually that is your network. It's really important to leverage your network. So as an individual is reviewing the applications and they're considering who's gonna be the most qualified person for this job, they also need to consider what other people say about the candidates as well. So if your network is designed well enough and nurtured well enough, to connect the hiring manager with the person that they trust, who happens to also be a person that you work with or know or connect, that could really demonstrate or vouch for your credentials. They could say, absolutely. I had a chance to work with this person and believe it or not, they did a fantastic job. They brought the project in on time, under budgets, had a huge impact on the organization. I would definitely recommend working with this person again. A hiring manager, as they're considering that level of information, I mean, they're not just choosing a, um, a again a piece of paper. 
they're choosing a person. They want to know that this person is really going to be a good fit. So you're, you're leveraging of the network to allow you to be um, framed as best as possible for the hiring manager is just extremely important. So how can you go about leveraging your network? Um, consider how you go about building the network in the first place. Well, who are the people that are important to your organization or your industry or your field that you know and respect and would like to work with? So as you're having career growth conversations with them, those are some of the questions that you can ask. Who can I work with? Uh, who would you recommend that I talk to about learning more about this career field? Uh, how is it that I could um, better develop my skill set? Or um, I realize that you have tons of conversations or experiences, but can you tell me a little bit more about how you handle working in, in this environment? How do you manage the stresses? How do you plan for the unforeseen? Those are a lot of the soft skills that you can get from your network by having these conversations. And those really allow you to kind of connect a little bit more with them. Uh, it's not just like, you know, I, I have my job to do from nine to five. I check in, I check out and I'm done and I don't care about anything else. And then when you're trying to get that next job or that promotion, well, the network isn't there to support you because you haven't been there to support that network as well. Um, also think about how you're nurturing your, your network. I mean, are you really available for them? If they have questions, are you uh, willing to, to answer their phone call or reply to their emails? Be available for people. Uh, that's the type of person that you would recommend. And think about it from your perspective as well. If you are trying to figure out who is the best person to select for a position, if you were in their shoes, uh, you want to know that the person is going to be a, a good fit for the organization, that they're going to go along well with everyone else. Um, and it, you can even think about like if you're deciding on um, whatever activity to do and one person highly recommends one of the activities and you know and you trust them, you would take their word and their experiences at a high level. I mean, you would just hold it with high regard and use that to help inform your decisions. It's basically the same thing for us as well as we are looking at different positions or trying to, to get hired on in other areas. So if there's someone, as you are, uh, like Carmen San Diego here pictured, uh, I love this one, as uh, Karen was streaming about all over the world or traveling, jet setting, all of that. Um, if a person could recommend uh, the experiences that a person has had, uh, that has that, that first-hand quality or qualification, uh, that's going to be something that is magnificent. Um, more to the point, though, in leveraging your network is if you are speaking with your colleagues and asking them, uh, do you know anything about this organization? Uh, are there any positions that you would recommend or that I, I would consider applying for? Uh, are there areas that you think that this skill set would be of value? Uh, who could I speak with so I can better understand this area here as well? Um, or if, again, when you're looking at LinkedIn and you see all of the different connections from one person to the other, if you can ask a colleague of yours to do an introduction for the individual. So the email would read, hi, so-and-so, I'm pleased to introduce this other person uh, who I had a chance to work with before. They have great experience in these areas. I understand that you might be looking for a position in this area. Um, this person might be a, a good reference point for you. Or um, 
a person reaching out on behalf of them without copying the applicant just to say, hey, I've realized that you're hiring for this position. I know a great person for that. Here's their resume attached to this email. Uh, I know that they've applied for your position. I, I, I found working with them to be fantastic. Hopefully you consider them as well, just sharing for, for your information. Um, and, and that means a whole lot, not only to the person that is potentially getting the job, but also the person that is making the decision and hiring for a person. Because when you go to hire, you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of applicants and you're thinking to yourself, how do I know who is going to be the right person? There's kind of a little bit of a, a, a stressor that's involved there, to be honest. And so when another person is able to help them with that decision, they're adding value for them as well. Um, similarly, you should be doing the same thing for others as well. Uh, think about your organization. Think about people that you know that are hiring and others that could be a good fit for that place. Uh, allow yourself to open up and provide that information for everyone else as well. How are you connecting everyone together a little bit more? Um, there's some real value that, that's there. And, and that, at the end of the day, is really the point of this engaged network that's available. Everyone's caring for one another. Everyone's trying to support one another. We're working together towards the same mission, the same goals for the activities. These connections are the things that really make the difference. Uh, and I think if you're able to, to come into it with that mindset, knowing that people hire people, not resumes, that you have more connections than you realize. Uh, if you are coming into the industry, if you are transitioning, for instance, from um, either a college or the private sector and you're going into an area that you don't have a lot of uh, warm connections with, well, consider other areas that you can find more contacts and relationships with. Professional societies, associations, um, looking on LinkedIn to see if there are mutual connections or introductions that can be made. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can go about demonstrating your capacity for value with everyone by just making yourself available. Uh, now, I admit uh, this could be a bit challenging or a bit daunting when you think about it from the perspective of, oh my gosh, you mean I have to go attend networking events and I have to do this and I have to do that? Well, there's a lot that's there to juggle. Uh, that is a really challenging thing if we approach it from something that is a challenging perspective. However, if you think about it is, well, you know, how can I help out? How can I help another person? How is it that I can really be the difference that needs to be made? Those are the sorts of things that then really become super easy. I mean, I, I've known wonderful, wonderful people that are doing lots of hard work, but they always make time for other people. Uh, be that type of connector. It's not only good for them and the other organization, but of course, it's always something that's great for you as well. I mean, what happens later on when you're considering a career move and there's a person that is in one position or another that remembers all of the great things that you had done. Yeah, they're definitely going to remember you and they're going to be a person that is going to recommend your engagement. I mean, if you're there for people, then they are going to be there for you later on as well. And think for yourself for a moment. Um, how many people do you know who have gotten a position because they knew the people that were involved in the decision making process? All of us can have two or three examples, at least, of situations where this has occurred. Um, and this gets more and more important as you grow up in your career as well, because uh, if you think about it as a triangle, at the base of the bottom, there's a lot more positions and entry-level positions. 
And then as you move up in your career, the entry point gets smaller and smaller. So there are fewer positions, which means that there needs to be more trust in whomever is selected in those areas. And over time, people just progress in their career and they continue to go up. So a person that you're able to help out today or they're able to help out you, uh, you just continue to, to grow. Um, have coffee with them. Build relationships. Uh, this is a, a nice time where Karen and I had a chance to do uh, you know, coffee and chat with some of our colleagues not too long ago. And, and that's really you know, what, what it's all about is it's just connections. It's not just like... You know, how many jobs can I apply to today and how many of those am I going to get referred and how many interviews am I going to have and it's going to be very statistical and everything. Uh, there are great people that have gotten positions uh, just because of the references based upon that in their career and that's how they've been able to grow. So when you're writing your resume, again, think about these, these three areas again. So the first area or the first strategy that we we're talking about is how is it really that you are demonstrating that you're adding value for others? How are you having connections? The second, how are you able to humanize your experiences, demonstrate how you're collaborating, how you're working well with others? Those are very important. And then lastly, how is it that these are working for uh, your network and how the network is supporting you? Uh, it's just, just this great symbiotic relationship, being engaged and involved in helping others. So I hope those three strategies help you to get a better sense of really what it means to um, know that it's not people hiring resumes, people are hiring people. And these are three great uh, strategies for career growth. So, uh, oh, and I love this, this one here as well. We're looking for managers that demonstrate high levels of emotional intelligence. Here. Please try on this mood ring. <laughs> I mean, what is the indicator that a person is going to work well enough with another person? Uh, I mean, it's more than just like having a special ring that shows, you know, whatever the mood is, but it's more about like what is demonstrated, what are the experiences that's there. So um, every week we have uh, questions from the Geekdom Q&A, questions and answers uh, from our GovGeek community. Uh, we take the opportunity to uh, reflect back on some great questions that we received. If you're interested in having your questions answered on our live weekly show, please reach out to us. We're on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and other places. Or if we have one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations about any of these things during our sessions, uh, we're happy to kind of share for the, the greater good for the community. This is all of our network, again, as it is, it is. It's all about us working together to help one another. Uh, so here is the first question from uh, the Gut Geekdom. How many years back do I add to my resume? And this is a fantastic question. So um, there, there's a concern like if you have 20 year or 30 year or 40 year career, I, I mean, if you're adding so much content and material, really how far do you go back? What is it that you add? So one of the best things to do is to focus on the most recent 10 years. So really put a lot of effort and time on the first experience area and then a little less on the next one and a little less on the next one and go back 10 years from there. From there, you still want to demonstrate that you've had all of those years of experience as well. So what you can add is select uh, experience uh, as a section uh, as well. So instead of like listing 
all of the information about the position. You can very concisely say uh, date, the start date, the end date, the position or the title that you held, the organization that you held it in, and if there was any uh, government position information, so it's like GS5 or there's a job series 1102-0343-0300, whatever it is, and just add that in as one simple line. And then from there, you would have each one going back through your career. So you're able to show that you've had those experiences, but you're focusing on the most recent 10 years of experience there as well. So uh, yeah, to, to answer the question, go back as far as 10, but also still include um, the er other areas in which you've experienced. Uh, our second and our last question is, uh, I'm a GS5, when can I apply for a GS9? So depending on the uh, job series that you're in, if it's in a professional series, you can move from a five to a seven to a nine uh, fairly quickly. And this is typically within one year of experience for moving from one to demonstrate qualifications to go to the next one. So uh, if you just started the five, congratulations, that's awesome. You wait a year, you can apply for the seven, then you can wait another year, and bam, you can qualify to apply for the ninth. But you need the 52 weeks at each of these levels demonstrate jab experience in that area. Um, this is also a great strategy if you want to sit back and think to yourself, okay, um, I'm at this grade level at this point in my career, how long will it take for me to get to this area? What are the things that I need to have in terms of experience or qualifications that's going to get me to my end goal or accomplishment that I'm looking for? What's the timeline? All of those added together could give you a better sense of uh, how long really it's going to take and work and how high you can go in your career. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I hope that information answers the questions that we've had. Uh, looking at the time, it's just about 30 minutes. But uh, again, I want to bring it back to the Guppy Challenge. Uh, please feel free to come out and register for that. It's going to be a fantastic session. Um, it takes uh, just 14 days for us to really uh, drive some impact uh, for your career and your career growth. Also, if you're interested, please come on out to our website and sign up uh, for the Gut Geeks community and you get our free resource that is an online class all about writing resumes. So you get uh, a video, you get templates, you get a lot of other resources made available to you as well. All you have to do is come out to thegutgeeks.com, sign up for the community. Uh, and not to mention, you're going to get some cool emails from us as well. We try not to spam or anything like that, but we're all about providing value. Uh, just as you heard from our examples that we provided here today. So thank you so much for your time, for your engagement. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, unfortunately, again, Karen isn't here to say her fond farewell as well, but uh, she'll be back here next week for our next discussion of Gut Geeks Assemble. Level up your nine to five on nine to five. We do this every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And we post these on our Apple podcast and our YouTube channels the following Monday. So if you want to get this live, ask questions, get involved and engaged, please come out. We'll look forward to that. Thank you so much for your time. And more importantly, thank you for your service.